one of the basic principles of moral life is that evil should be avoided and what is good should be done. Evil should be avoided and what is good should be done. That's one of the basic principles of, of morality. And the enemy, Satan, he can tempt us in both ways. He can tempt us to do something evil, but also he can tempt us in preventing us from doing what is good. And I would say that maybe we don't keep that in mind, that many times the enemy works in, in, in what we would call discouragement and preventing us from doing good actions. And that's even more dangerous than doing evil. Always good is more powerful than evil. So if the enemy prevents us from doing what is good, it's, it's a great victory for him. And that's why this parable of the servant and the master could be a, an encouragement to do good. More precisely, we could ask this parable like, what are the, the rewards of being faithful? What are the rewards of staying faithful in the practice of doing good? We just heard the gospel, like these masters goes to a wedding, the servant doesn't know when he's going to come back, but the master says, one, stay vigilant, stay ready, I can come back at any time. That's very much ingrained in, in the Catholic spirituality, the Catholic understanding. We don't know when the Lord is going to come, we know he's going to come. And he exhorts us to be ready, to be vigilant. Second, the master says these two things, like gird your loins and light your lamps. The first one, gird your loins, implies readiness for action. Why? Because in the Bible, girding your loins means basically, I'm not going to do it in a graphic way, but it's lifting up your garments and the lower part you tuck it in in your belt. It's what Jesus did in the Last Supper. He girded his loin. He, he kind of folded his garment so he could serve, he could move. In the book of Exodus, in the Passover meal, when they're going to travel, they need to move. God says, eat the Passover with your loins girded. So basically what Jesus is saying is, one, be vigilant. He says to the master, two, be active. Don't just wait for me. They are like watching TV. You need to be active. Gird your loins. Readiness for action. Readiness for travel. Readiness for service. And then light your lamps. In the parable of the ten virgins, that means keep the oil of the Holy Spirit in, in your soul. Stay loving. Don't fall into coldness of heart, lukewarmness, monotony. So stay vigilant, stay active, and stay on fire, we could say. That's how God says the servant should wait for the master. Now the master delays, and he waits, and he doesn't come. And our people maybe forsake what the master told, and they go and, and get distracted. And other people begin to do other things, other servants. So the servant says, should I stay faithful? Should I stay faithful? If anyone else is doing something else, is he going to come in the end? And this is the beauty of this parable. 
it promises a reward to faithfulness. He says, when the master comes, he will knock the door, and if the servant is vigilant with girded loins and oil in the lamps, he will listen to the knock, he will open, and look at the reversal of the parable. He will gird himself, the master, he will gird himself, have the servant recline at table, and proceed to wait on them. So God promises that the, the faithful servant, the vigilant servant, a reward, the reward of, of his service. This is pretty amazing. Is Jesus saying, when I come, and if I find you faithful and vigilant, he will gird himself. He's going to be the one serving. He will have you recline at table. He will ask you to sit because he's going to feed you. And then he will wait on you. The everlasting God, the powerful God, the eternal God promises the faithful servant to serve on him. What a mystery of love, of humility. It's the great reward of what we call heaven. And the New Testament is filled with mentions of what are the rewards of those who are faithful the rewards of heaven. Because God knows that we can be tempted to be discouraged, to be even despondent, to get distracted, to go the way of the world, not the narrow gate, but the path that leads to destruction. And that's why he says, stay faithful, because the reward is great. So what are more precisely the rewards of faithfulness? One is that when you stay faithful and when you strive to do what is good, when you strive to be a Christian in this world, when we, you try to live the commandments, live a Christian lifestyle, serve others, work faithfully, the first reward is that good things, good actions change you. The first reward is a transformation that goodness effects upon you. In the parable of the talents, God says to the faithful servant, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful in small matters. Come on and share the master's joy. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because you work on multiplying your talents, you became good. That transform you because you are faithful to your daily prayer, because you are faithful to attending Mass on Sundays, because you fought to live a chaste life as a married man or as a married woman or someone dating. Well done, because at work you, you strive to be honest, to be good with your co-workers, to make the best of your time. Well done, good and faithful servant. Whenever you do a good action, the first one that is changed and transformed is you. And that's why faithfulness matters. The second reward of faithfulness is that it influences, impacts others. Jesus says, like, let your light shine. Let others see your good deeds, and in that way they will glorify the Father. 
whatever you do, whatever you say, whatever you post on social media or don't post on social media matters. There is an influence of your life upon others. Many of you might know this Canadian philosopher, Jordan Peterson. You can also see him as a psychologist or philosopher. But he gives this analogy. He says that each of us, let's say, we know more or less a lot of people. And let's say you know 1,000 people. If I start thinking, I know, I think I can know 1,000 people between here, Argentina, and the people I met in my life. That 1,000 people, they each might know at least one other 1,000 people. So if you multiply 1,000 by 1,000, guess what? That's a million people. I didn't believe that. I did the math in the calculator, and it is one million. I study economics, but I haven't exercised my profession for a while. But that's a great impact. Whatever you do, whatever you say, whatever you post, you are one person away of influencing one million people. So your faithfulness matters, and it matters greatly. Your desire to do good, to be faithful to Christ, is impacting the world. Obviously, people don't say thank you, or don't say many times how they are impacted by your goodness. Sometimes they do. It's a silence influence. And the third reward of faithfulness is a visit of the Master. It's a reward listed in this gospel. When we are faithful, when we do a good action, when we are selfless, when we follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit to do something or not to do something, to say something or not to say something, that increases the indwelling of God in you. When you are faithful to him, he comes to dwell in you. He comes to live in you. What the spiritual masters say, he consoles you. He consoles you. Those who sow in tears will reap in joy, says the son. Those who sow in tears, those who are faithful and sometimes they struggle and they bear the cross, you will reap in joy. At some point the master will come and serve you. For sure, he will serve you at the end of your life, and he will reward all your actions. He will reward all your actions, even those that no one ever said thank you. He will reward them. He will also punish our evil actions. He's a just judge. But either way, faithfulness to him allows him to visit us, more often. For this and so many more reasons, faithfulness matters. It's a reward to be faithful. And that's why this gospel is an encouragement to keep doing what is good. In whatever area of your life you think, your family life, study, prayer life, community life, profession, relationships, Paul says at the end of the letter to the Galatians, do not grow tired of doing good, 
In due time, we shall reap our harvest if we do not give up. So while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all. Do not grow tired. Do not give up. That's what the enemy wants you to do. Keep doing what is right. And in due time, we shall reap our harvest. So in this week, think of an area of your life that maybe you have lost energy or hope or you have become kind of discouraged. Let, could it be in your study, in your spiritual life or whatever area you can think about. Think of the rewards of faithfulness, the rewards of trying again, the rewards of keep going. The master will come in glory and will serve us. But he also comes here in mystery, in sacrament, hidden. He asks you to sit. He will carry himself and he will serve you in holy communion so you don't grow tired of doing good. 